Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Well, it's the end of the year and the beginning of a new year, so I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about New Year's Day, and particularly, every day is New Year's Day. So, what do I mean by that? Let's find out. If you look on the internet, you will see that there are a lot of stories about keeping New Year's resolutions. And there are on TV shows, particularly local news, stories about keeping New Year's resolutions and, and why we don't do a good job of it. And I'll have some stats towards the end about that, just a couple. You'll see tips on making your resolutions stick. But sometimes you'll get a list a bullet list, 10 ways to make your New Year's resolution stick. As you can see, stick's a popular word. Oh, here we are again, American Psychological Association. Okay, we're getting um, into psychology, making your New Year's resolution stick. And then if you want a really, really long list, and this is not the longest, 78 classic New Year's resolution ideas for 2017. No, we're not going for any of those new ones. Now, we're going with the classic reasons, 78 of them. Whew, that's a lot. Well, you think, well, you know, we're Christians, and maybe we want to make resolutions, maybe we don't. Well, we wouldn't do that with our spiritual lives, would we? Well, some people think that we would. Five New Year's resolutions you'll actually want to keep. Five Biblical New Year's resolutions. Now, these examples had five. There's nothing special about that number. As a matter of fact, I think that more of the web pages would have seven because, you know, seven's the number of God. And I suppose if they really wanted to be spiritual, they could say 777 reasons, but that's, that's too many reasons. I think I'd get lost at 79. Well, what would Christians do when it comes to the following year, the year coming up, 2017. What kind of things might Christians think about? What might you think about? What might I think about? What kind of things have I thought about? And I say that, I'm 56. I've been a Christian since uh, I was about nine. So it's, it's been a long time, and, and I've done some of these things. Kinds of res I will read the Bible more. I can tell you right now that's a bad goal if you're going to make that a resolution or a goal, because there's nothing measurable about it. But that would be what some people would say. I will read the Bible more. I will pray more. These are good things, by the way. I'm not saying these are bad things. I will start participating in blank ministry. Whatever ministry it is that you're thinking about being part of, maybe that's something you're thinking about for the coming year. I will stop blank could be a bad habit. It could be a, recur a recurrent sin that, you're, uh, that we're, you know, we all have them that we're struggling with and that God's leading us through and we want victory over. Or I will, 
blank. I will do something more positive. It, 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 it's, it's not a stop doing. I will start doing this instead. And I'm not going to say it's bad to do make resolutions, although there are Christians who do. I read one particular post on the internet where the writer said that making resolutions was was um, paganism. I didn't believe that. Um, what I am going to offer is maybe a way that we can approach 2017, making changes that, that God has already shown us that we might need to make in our lives, and how not to treat it like a resolution, how not to treat it like a diet that we struggle with for two months and give up, not to treat it like um, a gym membership that is purchased in January and we stop using it in April, but we have to pay for it until the end of the year, okay? What got me thinking about this, other than it's the end of a year and the beginning of another? Well, there was more than that. It's actually a song. Um, there's a singer, Carolyn Arends. She's Canadian. She's from Vancouver in Canada. And uh, say 20 years ago, she had a popular song called Seize the Day. If you remember, it's the only song I can think of that's called Seize the Day, and it was fairly popular. Um, but, you know, like music goes, singers have their time of popularity, and then they, at best, they're, they're operating on a small scale, and that's what she's doing. But uh, there was a song, and this one is from the late 90s, called uh, New Year's Day. And I've posted it on my Facebook page. I might have even posted it on the churches. I don't remember. Um, and she looks at it from a biblical perspective. And I like it. And no, I'm not going to be quoting song lyrics. Although the song lyrics are fine. I am going to be quoting scripture. <laughs> okay, But it's what got me thinking about it. And, by the way... Um, there's a website here, 20.carolynarenz.com, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-A-R-E-N-D-S.com with a 20 in front of it. You can actually get her best of acoustic free. Yeah, you have to give her an email address, but she's not going to spam you. She hasn't spammed me yet. And it's a download, digital download. It's worth it. It... Um, I like it as much as anything else I've ever heard from her. And New Year's Day is circled in red. It, it's, it's part of it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But yes, that's what got me thinking about it. What this really is, it's a friendly reminder. Because there's nothing here that I'm going to be offering that hasn't been spoken of at some point in a pulpit here or elsewhere a lot of basic Christian teaching that will come to bear on how we can approach making changes in our life. What to do in 2017? Well, for each of us, that's going to be a different thing. And maybe some prayers to God, what should I work on first? What would you like me to work on? 2017 gives us a time marker to give us a fresh start, but... It's for us. It's really not for God. God doesn't live in time like we do. He created time for us to live in. So it's, it, it, my feeling about that is if, if 2017 is a good time marker, run with it. Now, for me, it's a good time marker. So I'm going to actually 
do some of these things. And I was thinking about it as I was preparing it. It's like, wow, I should really be doing this this year. So, There are three things I want to key on as we do this. Things that will help us not to treat um, changes in our lives that God wants us to make like resolutions. God's faithfulness is never ending. His forgiveness is never failing. And God's provision is available to all Christians. Talk a little bit about God's faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. And this is found in Lamentations, one of the saddest books of the Bible. Sad because Jeremiah, the prophet, was given a job towards the end of the nation of Judah to prophesy, to speak to the nation about what they were doing, to tell them what would happen to them if they continued on that path. And occasionally, something positive that would happen in the future subsequently to that. But it was mostly negative. Well, it was perceived as negative. It really wasn't. It was negative in that, that he was telling the people what they needed to stop doing and tell them what they needed to start doing. But he got beat up. He got imprisoned. He got his life threatened. And all these things happened repeatedly in his life. And yet this appears in a very, very sad book. But then again, he is a prophet. He was a prophet. Well, I guess we'll meet him and get a chance to talk to him. But um, that's something he wrote. And it's not just in the Old Testament. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13, this is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless... He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And I put that in bold for people seeing the screen here because that's a big part of it. He can't deny himself. If we're faithless, he is faithful. And Paul wrote that. It was the last thing he wrote to Timothy. Um, Most of the people that had been helping him had left some to go minister elsewhere, others had abandoned him. And in a seemingly low ebb of his life, um, he, he might have felt discouraged at times, but he wasn't discouraged, and he certainly was able to impart to Timothy some things that were in turn imparted to us, including this saying. And he said, here's a faithful saying, and he gives it to him like this is something to remember. I'm going to read it again. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithful, faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So God is faithful. As we make changes in our lives, we should rest in that, that God is faithful and he will help us as we are making these changes. Changes that couldn't happen in our lives 
without God's help anyway. But he is faithful to help us. Then God's forgiveness. 1 John 1, 8-10 For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And then with that, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. By grace you have been saved uh, through faith. And I'm going to start that again. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So as we're going along, we may find ourselves failing. And I hope that when I do that, I will be honest with myself and with God and say, Lord, what I'm doing here is wrong. I know your word says to do otherwise, and here I am doing it. Help me. And for those who find victory in something in their life, it's a reminder that uh, we've been saved by grace, that when God does a work in our life and something improves, it, it, we should rejoice in that, but it's not making us any closer to God. And I'm so thankful, because some people have said to me that, that well, you know, I, I'm going to get myself straightened out and go to church. No, you don't do it that way. you got it backwards. No, if you know you need to be straightened out, Know that and come to church and listen to the gospel and then God puts us back together and God helps us to grow and God helps us to make positive change in our life, the kind of change that we would not otherwise be able to make. Moving along. God's provision. Second Peter 1, 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Now, say 25 years ago, it was an upswing in my, my spiritual life. And... What I believed about God and about the Holy Spirit, I, I thought needed to be true about everybody. Um, and that thinking, believe it or not, was flawed. <laughs> it was flawed. And um, I had a friend, still do, his name is John. And he showed me this scripture and I realized that God's given each Christian everything that they need in their lives, everything that pertains to life and godliness. So as we are approaching 2017 and we want to make changes in our life, God's given us everything that we need. We don't have to pray for that. That provision is already there. And it's not a matter of spiritual experience either. Um, some, I've met people who 
who place a high value on spiritual experience. Uh, and I'm not saying some people have a spiritual experience. That's wonderful. Other people don't. And uh, so don't be discouraged if you're one of the ones who, who doesn't. Um, I, I, I've had few in my life, and that's okay. And if you have had many, God bless you, that's wonderful. <laughs> but it's different with each person because God deals with us differently. In Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Changes in our life are going to agree with what God's word says. Okay, I got a book. I asked for it for um, Christmas, and, and my wife got it for me. It's called Tools for Titans. It's a guy named Tim Ferriss. He has written a few books, and he's got a, a podcast, and he interviews a lot of people, different people, and um, he's actually about making positive change, not in the spiritual kind of way, but in other ways. But I know that when I read through that book, um, that there may be some things that disagree with God's word, so I'm going to have my red, you know, I'm going to mark those things. And because um, changes I need to make in my life um, are either directly a result of God's word or, or should be in, you know, in agreement with God's word. And there's nothing that I should be doing that um, God said, God's word says otherwise. And it, it, that sounds like a common sense thing until you run into somebody who's trying to make change in their life that's contrary to something that's really obvious in God's word. So I say it so that it can be said. Okay, moving on. 80%. That's the percentage of New Year's resolutions that fail. 80%. This number's worse. The number of percentage of people who achieve New Year's resolutions is 8%. It's not 20. That means that some of the 8% are achieving multiple resolutions. I guess they're overachievers, aren't they? But the spiritual walk isn't like making resolutions. If I want to read my Bible more, and I've done this, to try to say, I will do this every day, for half an hour a day or for 20 minutes a day, and then if I miss a day, it's like, oh, I missed a day. And then some little later on, I might miss a day, and then I might miss another day. Oh, no, and then I miss another day, and I become discouraged, and then, you know, I'm just not thinking about it anymore, and I read the Bible sometimes. And that's a complete failure. Or maybe I could go the other route. I could be reading the Bible every day for a half an hour a day, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. A half hour a day, every day. <laughs> yep, that's me, every day, without fail. Well, I'm becoming a Pharisee, which is really Christian Pharisee. Is that a contradiction in terms? Yes. Are there Christian Pharisees? Yes. <laughs> Have I ever been one? Probably. I've been a Christian for a long time. I'm sure I've been in phases where I was doing just that, although it wasn't. Scripture was always a problem for me to do on a consistent basis. It was only when 
I approached it differently for me, where it made different, where I started to say, you know what, I'm going to try to do it every day, and if I don't do it a day, that's okay. But I'm going to do it the next day. And I'm just going to treat it as a day-by-day thing. And I found that when I started to do that, what I felt when I missed a day was I felt like I'd missed something. I didn't feel bad because I didn't do it. I felt like I'd missed something. And I think that's the way to do it. And I think prayer is the same way. What causes me to pray more sometimes is realization that people have things happening in their lives and I need to stop and pause more and pray for those things. Or things happen that remind me that of something that really I need to pay attention to in prayer. Not to make me feel bad that I didn't do it already. That's not, God is, that's not God's intent. Uh, maybe for some things, to make us feel bad enough to where we will, if it's something I have to repent of, I suppose. But then after that, no. And after that, no. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to treat things as resolutions. We're not supposed to treat these things as um, in that way. Our relationship with Christ is a day-by-day relationship, and we have to treat it that way. And it's okay to have things that we want to work on. God wants us to change in 2017. He wants me to change. He wants you to change. And for each one of us, it means something different. So, let's press on. Yes, I, this is the end. I, I used a um, Google Doc, and at the end it says, here's, here's where you can put everything in a nutshell. So I did. I thought that was useful. God's faithfulness is never-ending. We talked about that. His forgiveness is never-failing, and his provision is always available to all Christians. So, we can make positive change. Um, during 2017, day by day, and God's going to trust God to be faithful to help us in that. And we have his forgiveness when we fail, and we have the promise of his provision that he, he will always have for us what we need. So in conclusion, let's take courage this day and every day in the new year, regardless of what it has for us, placing our trust in God every day. And I'm going to quote Paul again, again from 2 Timothy. Remember, that's the last letter he wrote. It was either, he was either imprisoned or was going to be imprisoned again, and, and he was abandoned, and so he was sad about some things. But he wrote this, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So, so we have these things already. Oh, and, and one more thing. There might be somebody here where this has not been super helpful because it, it's the kind, we're talking about things that uh, people who have trusted in Christ, that um, we can do these things. If you have never trusted in Christ, 
then that's where you really got to start. That's the one more thing. Um, we're all imperfect people. We're all sinners, but God requires perfection. And we don't have a way to do that on our own. There's nothing we can do. We cannot scratch God's back. There, there's no offering that we can make. But God knew that. So he came down in the form of God and man, the incarnation. We just celebrated it. It was Christmas. And we're going to celebrate Easter. God came down to be God and man as Jesus lived the sinless life and then became our sacrifice. And if we trust in that, we gain new life. And then... You can use 2017 to work on some things that God would have you work on. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.